Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Breakfast on SEN. Great to have your company as well. Summer breakfast. Simon Kadich, hopefully not too far away. Our SEN cricket expert as we reset after the Pakistan Test Series, uh, Kane. It was relatively one-sided, save for a session here and there where Pakistan uh, put up a, a good fight. They couldn't make it stick for any period of time. And now we've got a two-test series against the West Indies that I think we're all a bit fearful of, to be honest. Uh, about getting uh, full value for money there. But uh, the squad unites in Adelaide, uh, your town on Saturday. And um, the second test is up at the Gabba before the month is out. BP will talk tennis with him. And we'll do a lot of that as the days go on in the countdown to the Australian Open. But just before we get cat up, the, the just that Western Bulldogs review. So you, you want it done and you want it tabled and you want it itemised. Well, what now? Yeah. Well, right. How long's it take? Like, so it was announced on the 13th of November, which mm-hmm. was late. The club said they weren't going to do an external review. Then they did. They're looking for the, the one percenters, as yep. we spoke to Andrew about. They got a whole new football department staff, essentially. Matty Egan comes in, Daniel Pratt, uh, Geary in terms of assistant coaches. There's new development coaches, new head of physical performance, yep. new doctor. New everyone. Um, there's a new everyone. And to gain additional perspective, this is Kylie Watson Wheeler when she announced this to the members on November the 13th. The club has engaged experienced football administrator Peter Jackson to assist with the, the process. Peter will provide his advice to the club leadership, outlining his perspective on our men's program and any recommendations he had, mm. which we will consider and we will share relevant details in due course. When's due course? The season starts in. 59 days. The Bulldogs' first preseason game is against Hawthorne on March the 2nd. I would think it's pretty important to have these findings, to be implementing them, and to be sharing those with your members by now. Like, this is, it started late, the review, and the season is upon us. And it's pretty difficult to implement these changes when the season starts essentially in, um, you know, six or seven weeks in terms of their first preseason game. And I guess you want to put your game plan and, and your structure yeah. in place by then. Well, I think the game, the, the game plan is the game plan. That's not Peter Jackson's purview. I mean, this is more of a systems check on what's happening behind the scenes in terms of checks and balances they, and processes. It's how they communicate yeah. with internally. With, yep. with, with, with how much, I'm, I'm sure, how much power Luke Beveridge has, how much he's delegating. All, all this stuff is pretty, pretty important to have your processes in place or any recommendations for that. Before the start of the CC pre before the start of the season and oh, the be, preseason, definitely, I think it's, definitely I think it's late, and yeah. I think the dogs fans 
would be itching to find out what uh, what has been found in the review. It certainly came out of the blue when it was announced, that's for sure. But having said that, I mean, good good on them for shining a light on their own processes. I mean, the easy decision is to just to, to carry on. I mean, I know I mean, Baines is leading it. He is the, the CEO, but they've brought in external help, which always gets headlines. But good on them for taking the plunge. I mean, you look mm. under the hood. You look under the rug. You look under the couch. You... No, I said, I said it during the year. So halfway through the year, I went on Footy Classified. I said, the Western Bulldogs need the most forensic review out of yep. any club in the competition. Now they they initially said no we don't need we don't need that we can do it internally. So I'm agree- I'm agreeing yeah. with that. So to make that decision is the right one. Yes it was late. You want to done more efficiently. You, I'm, I'm not hung up wanna, on that. So they'll get it done move, before you want to move on. What if they yeah. what if they find the, the I don't know. This is extreme. No, but they're not going to. That's not. That's not the purview. Well, well, what? Well, how do you know? That's how not, do you know what the findings are going to be before you that, start? That's not going to. They're not going to be. That's not Peter Jackson's. So remit there's parameters the on the review before it even starts. Yeah, what's, the more, point, what's the point of calling in an external review if the parameters are set for the person doing the review who is external? He's not internal. Yeah. Well, as we said, it's being led by Meat Baines with external expertise <laughs> from from Peter Jackson. It, it, and they haven't just said, "Oh, we're we're doing a review and it's all." looks fine on paper in reality it's anything but they've put they've they've changed their entire football club basically from from um from basically all the assistant coaches down yep. so they haven't just sat back on their hands and said oh we're doing a review and everything will be hunky dory they've actually put mm. things in place to clean out the the football department and all the things you mentioned um and and start afresh and now i mean i think it makes sense to bring someone in to look at it all because they are starting again and and who cares if it takes a week longer than it should or two weeks longer? Just get it right. Yeah, my Just... only my only query would be how can you review a football department staff that hasn't started? No, yet? well that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's not about a, a position A and, and a person's hold on position B. It's about processes, communication order of hierarchy, all the things you just touched on before. It's not about sacking the coach. It's about how they all communicate. something that's not there. Like all the order of processes, the communication... Yeah, but it's but it's not there yet. It's, it's it's the old. You can review the old and what was there and how they communicated with each other at the time and mm. the process and the delegation and the power and all of that. But it's a completely new structure and department. That that's why I you know it's clearly focused on Chris Grant and Luke Beveridge. That that is the clear focus of the it has to be because it doesn't make sense to to focus on people who hadn't started yet when the review. Had started. But anyway, we'll wait and see. I'm sure. I'm sure the Western Bulldogs will get to sharing that information and the findings with their members shortly. Just on a football point of view, Rory Lobb, I mean, where do you want to see Rory Lobb play? He spoke to, to Channel 7 last night about perhaps spending more time around the ball in season 2024. Yeah, probably a little bit more in the ruck uh, with that Cats game. It sort of worked pretty well where I jumped in there for a little bit longer. Um, it's just trying to find the right balance between you know me playing forward and Tim playing forward and just trying to trying to give him different looks in the middle. There you go. So Rory Lobb, I mean, I, I, I think historically the narrative's been that he hasn't liked it in the ruck. That would appear to put paid to that. I mean, what sort of a player is Rory Lobb? He's a bit oh, of a, a mystery, isn't he? But that, that last game against Geelong, he's come out and he's kicked three goals. He's had the 15 hit-outs and he, and he took a, a couple of contestant marks too from memory to have a real influence on proceedings. So, and in fact, after he was dropped, I think he finished the season quite well, hit the scoreboard and had a real influence. I think six, just having a look here, eight, 10 goals in his last four mm. games. So, mm. um, Maybe it is more time around the ball just to get him into it. He can get well, lost. Well, just the, the, they recruited him. Like everyone wants the forward who is a very capable forward who can go into the ruck and equip themselves nicely for 25 minutes a game. That's all we're asking, 20 minutes a game. They've, they've got that in him. But for me, 
he's not competitive enough. He's not consistent enough. And he's a reluctant ruckman. Like you can tell he doesn't really want to be in there when he is. Now, if he can embrace that, if he can be more physical, and if he can stand up as a forward with Norton and Eugle Hagen, and then you can play Darcy, which is his yep. position at centre-half back for the next 10 years. He's going to be anything, this guy. Then the structure is there. And English rucks for... 80% of the time and lobs in there when he's not. It's the, it's the perfect structure. Unfortunately, that the player that they recruited and paid big money for didn't deliver on that promise um, in his in his first year. And hopefully he can. Just while we're on the dogs, Richard's on the road. He wanted to talk about them. Hey, Rich. Morning, Jens. How are you? We're well. Richard, I've just got to... Sorry, this is just a, an opinion. I reckon the argument that you've got to review the structures and the hierarchies and the uh, communication of all the, the back backroom team now, if you don't understand it now, it's the most stupid thing I've heard of. Before you recruit anyone to any position in any company or type of business whatsoever, you've got your position description in place. Now, that includes your hierarchy, your decision, your communication and all that stuff. So are you trying to say that the Bulldogs don't even have all of this basic stuff in place when they're recruiting a whole new um, you know, support team? That is yeah, well, that's it, it is, it's a confusing one for me as well, Richard. That, that's why I think the review and the focus of it is on Chris Grant and Luke Beveridge. It can't be can't be on anything else, and 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 that will be factored in on on the the hierarchy and the structure and what's the best way and and the new positions that these people have been employed to do. But that was my whole query at the start. Who are you reviewing? Has it has to be the coach, and it has to be Chris Grant. There's no other option. I listened to your thoughts on Clayton Oliver. Um, you know, a lot of this story has continued, obviously, throughout the off off season. Uh, he will face court actually this month. Uh, he was charged by police for driving on a license that he suspended. So, if not before, he'll be in the news again. Then it was a volcanic end to his twenty twenty three season that challenged him throughout the year. And we know the, I guess, um, uh, the stern words that were delivered to him by the ultimatum from from the football club. You said that you fear this perhaps might be a little bit more serious than what some might believe. Yeah, I said I said at the time it's always difficult to comment when there's a, yep. a welfare component to it. So I, but the the Melbourne language at the time I mean you you were you were all over this. You 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 broke the story about the communication and the expectation that Melbourne have of of Clayton in terms of the way that he treats people, I think, Sammy, was yeah. your report. So that, and the way he communicates with staff and, mm. and the respecting of each other and, and then what they are expecting of him if he is to be a Melbourne player, which he was always going to be despite mm. the the threat. Now, if that doesn't – my question is, if he doesn't live up to his end of the bargain with mm. everything that's going on and all the challenges he's facing, I understand that, and, and Melbourne would be incredibly sympathetic of that, what – other option do they have on the No, table? they don't. No, that's dead right. No, they don't. I mean, they, they don't want to trade him unless he makes it impossible for, for, for to stay. I mean, it's probably as simple as that. I mean, what club in their right mind would trade a player of Clayton Oliver's ability and the resume that he's already got on it? He might go down as one as probably the best Melbourne player ever. Who knows? Mm. Um, he's on he's on track. Yeah, but, but at the moment, the way things sit with him and we know the score here, we know, yes, there's a welfare... Uh, aspect to this. There's a medical aspect to this, so we do need to tread carefully. But the bottom line is you do need to maintain standards to be in a professional sporting environment. At the moment, he's not doing that. One of the aspects of that ultimatum was you need to arrive for work in the proper condition to work. And uh, and that hasn't been happening consistently. Now, whether or not that happened in Lawn, we're not sure, but he was sent home from that camp. 
Um, I think when one of the game's best players is told to go home from a preseason camp, I think it's a big story. I mean, I know a lot of people got stuck into Mitch Cleary for, for reporting that news because of the welfare component you speak of. But if we stick to the facts, the facts are that this is a, one of the best players in the competition who is um, struggling to fulfil his obligations at the moment at a professional level. So uh, until he's able to do that, Max Gorn, I listened to him recently saying he expected to see Clayton Oliver back in full training when they resume. I mean, hopefully that is the case. We all want it to work out for him. But it's going to be a story, isn't it, until until he's able to hopefully consistently string it back yeah. together. Uh, and the management of it. Um, and now there's was... sightings and there's uh, there's rumours and there's texts and there's photos in nightclubs and photos of him. Is it even him? Where, what are the, what's the kind of... So we worries, are going to get yeah. that storm, yeah. It snowballs. And it's going to be a, a, a really difficult, and that was the point I was making, a really difficult challenge for Melbourne on how they handle that, particularly with how strong their language was. Um, and that, that's, no, they were exasperated. Read, they were exasperated. Can, they were. And you can yeah. even read what they said publicly, let alone behind the scenes, yeah. of, of how they wanted um, Clayton to to perform and present this year. And if that, if my, my, my question was, if that doesn't happen, which yeah. it hasn't yet, then it's going to be a long year and a difficult year and, a, and yeah. a massive distraction for the club if it doesn't work out. And then they've got a big decision to make at the end of the year. But as we know, there would appear to be a number of clubs lining up at the door, happy to take it on, Kane, if it, mm, if it got mm. to that. I mean, a couple of them were convinced that they could actually make it happen. Need, do you think he needs that? Do you think he needs the change? No, I don't. I, I think he loves. That. I think he loves the football club. I think he loves playing in Melbourne. I think this is not a football. Uh, decision at all, I don't think. I think th- this is more away from so the you game. you don't think a no. uh, Lance Franklin-style move to Sydney out of the limelight no. a little bit, change of scenery, John Longmire, strong cultural club, um, and a fresh start may be worth exploring for him. I mean, there's a, lot, there's a long year to go before mm. we, we can have that discussion. That There might be a mid-season trade period. Who knows? But yeah. You don't think that would be beneficial? Oh, well, it's hard to predict the future. And and perhaps Melbourne. Well, it's hard to predict the future, isn't it? I I, I wouldn't have thought so. No, I I might have some effect. Might might have a bit of positive effect, but I think minimal. I think minimal. I don't don't think this is is a a footy decision, as I say. I think this is more on Clayton Oliver and his his lifestyle and and how he makes it uh, all come together off the field, to be honest. Um, But having said that, as we do here, the media attention and, and being constant probably... Doesn't help. Aware of that, of course. SEM Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Of course, you can take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. You know what, Kane? It's time for this.